0: It's Friday, March 9th, and this is DOD This Week, news from inside the DOD and around the world. On March 5th, the Army lost one of their own, Sergeant Major William O. Woolridge. Sergeant Major Woolridge was the first sergeant major of the Army, and he was 89 years old. Woolridge entered the Army November 11th, 1940, and four years later, on June 6th, 1944, was part of the D-Day landings in Europe. In October of 1944, he was wounded during the Battle for the Fortress City of Aachen, and was awarded the first of his two silver stars for gallantry in action. He received his second silver star in the Battle of the Bulge campaign. Woolridge retired on February 1st 1972, 30 years and 10 months after joining the Army. Sergeant Major of the Army, Woolridge, is survived by his wife, Patty. March is Women's History Month, and the Naval Heritage and History Command gives a unique look into the history of women serving in the U.S. Navy. On their website, history.navy.mil, They have links to a variety of resources, including photos, stories, videos, articles, and oral histories from World War II and Vietnam, as well as other historical documents. The videos, also available on the Heritage and History Command's YouTube channel, show how women's role in the military has grown over the past 50 years. One series in particular, Ladies Wear Blue, gives an in-depth look at women in the Navy in the early 1970s. To watch the videos, visit YouTube.com slash U.S. Navy History, or visit Naval Heritage and History Command's website, history.navy.mil. For more information about Women's History Month, visit womenshistorymonth.gov. And recently, naval aviators made history when the first all-female team flew a combat mission in the E-2C Hawkeye. Here's the story. This is All Hands Radio News. I'm Petty Officer Shannon Burns. Five Tiger tails of Carrier Airborne Early Warning Squadron 125 embarked aboard the Nimitz-class aircraft carrier USS Carl Vinson as part of Carrier Air Wing 17 made an historic flight January 25 when they flew the Navy's first all-female E-2C Hawkeye combat mission flight. Although women were allowed inside the cockpit after the Women's Armed Service Integration Act of 1948, it wasn't until 1993 that female naval aviators were assigned to fly with combat squadrons. The opportunities opened up by women aviators like Lieutenant Commander Catherine Heyer, the first female aviator assigned to a combat aircrew, have allowed many females to pursue their dreams with no limitations. For more news from USS Carl Vinson, go to www.navy.mil/local/CVN70. Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta hosted a town hall meeting with troops from the 101st Airborne at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, last week. He spoke with the soldiers there about recent events in Afghanistan, namely attacks by members of the Afghan National Security Force on NATO International Security Assistance Forces troops. The secretary said the so-called green-on-blue incidents are serious, but what they show is desperation on the part of the Taliban. He said new insurgent tactics aren't going to change NATO's strategy in Afghanistan.
1: Frankly, you know, I I think since the Taliban has not been effective at regaining territory at conducting combat operations, since they've been weakened in their capability to do that, they're going to use this kind of tactic to try to undermine our our position there.
0: What NATO will do, Secretary Panetta said, is work harder to vet Afghan National Security Forces recruits.
1: Uh, Over 95, 96 percent, even higher, of those that are out there are doing the job. The Afghan army is doing the job. Even over this last period of a few days, The Afghan army, the Afghan police have performed well in controlling the demonstrations. We haven't had desertions. We haven't had people walk away from their job. They've controlled it. They've provided greater security. And we've seen the level of violence going down.
0: For more information from the Secretary's trip to Kentucky and up-to-date news from Afghanistan, visit defense.gov. When disaster struck states across the Midwest and southern U.S., the National Guard was ready to respond citizen soldiers and airmen provided relief supplies and cleanup crews in a number of affected cities. In Indiana, Major General R. Martin Umbarger, adjutant general for the state's National Guard, said the National Guard presence also provided comfort to tornado victims.
1: Well, I think, I think just a little bit of it as they see the National Guard present is kind of is warming to them to, to, to see their, their citizen soldiers here. Uh, again, today, more recovery. Uh, we set up a point of distribution, if you will, for all the, all the supplies to come in at a central point, a logistical uh, staging area and help in, particularly on water because the water has been shut off for the last 24 hours and, and other supplies that needs to be brought in as they go through the recovery and the debris removal and all that goes with trying to get uh, a little order and, and, and the town back on its feet.
0: Indiana Governor Mitch Daniels visited Henryville one of the most hard-hit towns in the state. During the visit, he said, he's thankful for the quick response by the National Guard.
1: I guess I want to start by expressing on behalf of all our citizens how heartbroken we are at the losses that have occurred here and other places that I'll be today. I can't tell you how uh, proud and impressed I am, though, at the, uh, both the response of uh, uh, state and local uh, people, the National Guard others, uh, regrettably, have had far too much practice, I guess, but uh, from everything I've learned at the command post, uh, uh, everyone's being as well taken care of as possible.
0: General Umbarger praised the nearly 200 troops who have been working in affected communities to get water, food, and shelter for the victims.
1: We mobilized about 197 of our soldiers and airmen to deploy down here. We've got a command and control out of the first, the 152nd CAV. um, Co-located with the incident commander, helping with the search and rescue, helping now with the recovery. And as always, the guard is there immediately. And I'm very proud of what I saw, very complimentary by the local community here and comments from Governor Daniels that our assistance was fast. We're, we're, we're here, and we, and we will continue to be here as long as they need us.
0: For more information about the National Guard's response to last week's extreme weather, visit www.nationalguard.mil. A new settlement between the U.S. government and a group of housing lenders could mean a lot for service members who have faced foreclosure. Staff Sergeant Josh Hauser from the Pentagon Channel brings us more.
1: And there will be more foreclosure protections for
0: every man and woman who is currently serving this country in harm's way. Thousands of military homeowners could see some relief as the result of a recent settlement between the federal government and the nation's top five mortgage lenders. President Obama made the announcement at a press conference Tuesday, adding further steps to help troops whose homes may be underwater. If you are a member of the armed forces with a high interest rate, who was wrongfully denied the chance to lower it while you were in active service, which banks are required to do by law, The banks will refund you the money you would have saved along with a significant penalty. Uh, The settlement will make sure that you aren't forced into foreclosure just because you have a permanent change in station uh, but can't sell your home because you owe more than it's worth. The settlement also means lenders will pay the Department of Veterans Affairs $10 million for a fund that guarantees loans on favorable terms for veterans. For more information about the housing settlement and how it affects service members, visit dodlive.mil, defense.gov, and pentagonchannel.mil. It's Friday, March 9th, and you've been listening to DOD This Week. For links to these stories and more, visit dodlive.mil.